and good evening. Thank you for your patience. Uh, welcome to After Service. Took us uh, an extra minute to kind of get the technical pieces dialed in. I think it had something to do with the uh, the rhinoceros that ran through Pastor Brian's office just as we were trying to go live. <laughs> we um, uh, we're, we're getting ready for uh, my in-laws to stay at our house for a little while because she, my my, my mother-in-law is having surgery. Oh gosh. Right. And so where I normally do it, I can't do it right now. So I decided to do it here at the office. And so I got some things set up. But at the last moment, something tipped and every connection fell apart. (laughs) All of them. So I'm like, oh, no. What a tenuous grasp we have on these things. (laughs) (sighs) And then and then not only that, but but. And part of that, though, was is I touched my computer to straighten it and I turned it off. (laughs) (laughs) That's why the feed completely, Joe, went down on my side. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) It happens. It happens. And, you know, and I appreciate that both of us have enough of a sense of humor that when that kind of stuff happens, it's, you know, these these are things, you know. Uh, yeah. th- this is the nature of, uh, you know. It, actually, I, what I see is God acting in these things in a way that says, just in the event that you thought you event. know what's going on and that you have some measure of control, you're wrong. Now I'm going to have to address your. You keep moving your camera on me. Now I'm going to have to address. Uh, yeah. Get Sorry. It get it dialed in a little better here let's see now i don't know where that this this line came from somewhere but it's the it's the line that goes something like all control is an illusion yeah i'll go with that yeah you think you're in control but you're really not yeah that's interesting i don't know i'd have to try and find that quote maybe someone in the who watches us could uh google that quote and see where it's from it's probably from some pagan philosopher or something i don't know well <laughs> you know uh, just because something isn't uh founded in christianity doesn't mean that there's not value in it uh but uh, absolutely um so you people could, yeah there's wisdom people think that 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 if it's not in the bible it can't be true well half the proverbs in the book of proverbs can be found nearly word for word in in near east wisdom literature yeah yeah wisdom is wisdom uh, you know it's it's amazing the number of quotes that are attributed to like the bible that are like ben franklin oh yeah right and like oh that's in the bible all right well let's look that God up. helps those who help themselves right uh and it's wisdom but maybe not in the bible uh and also like there's very little math in the bible i mean there's you know there's there's a census in there but uh a few censuses sensei hmm um but you know math is a thing yeah Uh, yeah they do a lot of estimations yeah anyways all this to say we're really glad you're you're watching or listening or whatever that circumstance uh this evening i hope you're staying cool we're getting ready to hit that kind of second heat wave of the year um i just went out about an hour ago to pick up soccer stuff because i'm helping coach a uh, soccer team and i realized that wearing jeans 
and a long sleeve shirt is a poor choice when it's 101 degrees outside. We took Dawson to the post office to deliver some uh, some of the cards that they're selling. And he got in the car and he realized, you know, it's probably not a good idea to wear sweats in a sweatshirt today. Yeah. Yeah, that's an but idea. But he hadn't gone outside. Yeah. Well, and that's, I, I find that it's almost, okay, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we got to move on. We should not talk yeah, about I've wasted it. enough of our time. So, <laughs> Well, talk to me. Give, give us your elevator speech. And then let's talk about, let's talk about the sermon. You know, it's hard to give, I realize when I, when, I know when I've, I've, I've communicated a sermon that's unclear when I can't give you a good elevator speech. Mm-hmm. You asked me at the beginning of the, before the service Sunday, so what's it about? And I rambled and I couldn't really say it. And I actually had one person after the service said that they, they, they leaned over to their partner and said, do you know what he's talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I know. I know. I was like, now some of that is because this is pretty deep concepts, but some of it is I didn't communicate clear. So let me tell you one thought that I had that I thought was really good. We're talking about the about Jesus saying anyone who wants to come after me must, must uh, take up his cross and follow me. And uh, one of the big thoughts that, I, that I'm, I'm thinking through with this is – we think that the cross is a that 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 phrase is kind of a moralistic idea that it means you have to live a good life or or maybe it's that you know you need to endure the suffering in your life or something like that and i'm not sure that that's what that means in part because we we don't appreciate what a cross meant to them it's a little closer to us saying Take up your guillotine and follow me. Take up your electric, electric chair, chair and follow yeah. me. You know, it's it's an execution device. It's not meant to be something that it's not a torture device only. It's an execution device. So you don't get off the cross alive. And so from that is like, okay, my thought had to do with Paul uses this analogy that we, we have died with Christ and rise in order to rise again. Romans 6, I quoted it on Sunday. So I think it has something to do with a union with Christ, and it has to do with this, on, on one sense, this, this mystical union that you his death is your death, his resurrection will be your death, um, and there's this utter abandonment and trust in him um, that goes way beyond morality. It has more to do with your core identity and and your will. Um, and then the other part is the daily dying to what you want in order to live for him, which is what Paul is getting at when he says, for me to live is Christ. So that gives you a sense of what I'm talking about. And it's understandable that it's a difficult idea to communicate because 2000 plus years later, we're still trying to figure it out. You know, what does it mean to live for Christ? What does it mean to die to your own life so that you can live for him? Mm-hmm. That we we really struggle with that idea. I mean, I think part of that is sin. Part of that is um, a lack of wisdom, a lack of maturity. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that are wrapped right. up in that. Yeah. But I think 
you know, one of the things that really struck me as much as anything, and we talked about this before the service, is, you know, as you mentioned, the idea of taking up your cross, that it, we tend to throw that around kind of like we do the word awesome. You know, mm. it's it has been so diluted that we don't understand the gravity of what it represents. So when we, so when we say, oh, you know, it's just my cross to bear, immediately I think of Eeyore complaining that he's had a bad day, yeah. right? It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a... Um, it's it's become vernacular that says, eh, well, uh, woe is me, life is hard, uh, right. rather than this is really significant. Mm -hmm. This is a life-changing thing. I am agreeing that by taking up my cross, there's a lot of things, my ambition, my desires, my wants, whatever, they have to be set aside so that I can be with Christ so that I can live for yeah. Christ as Christ. And, you know, this comes right on the heels of the, of, of Jesus affirming that he is the Christ and then saying that he must suffer and die on a cross and Peter being shocked by this. And so we, we, we miss the shocking nature of it. And the other thought I had along with this is, is just this whole concept of death that we've talked a little bit about way in the past. I don't know if we've done it on the podcast. We probably have, you know, but when you, when you die, you, you set, you do in fact, set aside all of that. You, you, your ambition is over at that point, yeah. you know, your, 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 your wants are done, you know, and, and in a moral sense, there's no more trying to be good. You either are, you either lived a good life or you didn't, you're, it's over. And yeah. so one of the, the, I think the images is, is, is to follow Jesus is, is the metaphor of dying. You're, you're dying. So all of what that means is I'm done with this world. I'm done with all of the ways that the world does its thing. So I can follow Jesus, be like him. You know, uh, not to be morbid, but, you know, one of the things that both you and I recognized, because our our, <clears throat> our fathers died um, around the same time, I mean, within about five, six months of each other. And one of the things that we talked about was the idea that when that happens, a lot of things in terms of priority start to fall in line. The things that kept us up at night, that occupied us, like who cares? Nothing. Who cares about that? That is such a, a minor thing. Why did I ever waste my time on that? So when we think about if we are truly dying to, you know, in, in this regard what that, that we're talking about here, it's there's a freedom to that yeah. that says really you don't have to worry about all that garbage, and you no. you, you don't need to worry about it. This is what's important. And that was what was important to us with our dads was like, listen, yeah. the main thing that was important is eternity and Christ. Right. And if that's there, the rest of the things are just going to fall in place. Nothing else. Right. It's not that you ignored those things generally. I mean, because you had to. You had to eat. You had to right. you, do stuff. But they just became 
so low on the priority list that at best they were just me- a means to an end to be able to be with people, yeah. to, to connect with people, to all of these kinds of things. I'm trying to think back to those moments. And, 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 and another thing, like, like what you had said, it, it's like when this happens, you know, the world stops and it's like, why isn't anybody paying attention to this significant moment? Yeah. You know, Jesus is risen. Why isn't anybody paying attention to how big of a deal this is? Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's the idea that this is so significant. Shouldn't everybody stop and acknowledge it? And why don't they? Why don't they? Yeah, that that to me was a big, it was a big struggle, you know? Uh, And I remember uh, being at a service where... Um, uh, a, a spouse of a member of our congregation had passed and we were doing a celebration of life and sitting there and feeling and just crying. I didn't know this person. I don't think I'd ever met him. But I got to experience who they were through the mm-hmm. celebration of life and there was a jealousy there that said, I wish that we had celebrated this way. Um, so, you know, there, the term celebration to me seems really important to this because if you wake up and I do this sometimes at two or three in the morning and something is really bugging you, if you put it within this context, it's like that we're talking about right here, it's like. Okay, it's not that it's nothing. It's just not as important as I have made it. Yeah. And if we can set that aside and focus on the things that are important, the other things just fall in place. When I was maybe 12 years old, I remember the faith my great-grandmother had, how important that was to her, her comfort in knowing Christ and where she was going it was really inspirational to me. And so when mm. I was scared, as it was dark and it was quiet in the house, and I woke up in the middle of the night, I would think about her, the comfort that she felt. And I went, if she's comfortable, then and, and she has this relationship with Christ, then I'm going to be comfortable too. Wow. And that, that it, it made a huge difference for me. And, you know, part of it was, you know, I was a kid and, you know, my, I had a very active imagination, but there was something very grounded about knowing that if I focused on the most important thing, that everything else would fall into place appropriately. Appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because again, it doesn't mean you. And, and, this, and this is when you grieve to a place where it's not healthy, where you literally stop living and, you know, you don't shower, you don't eat, you, you isolate. And, and those things aren't good ways, good things, but, but, but it's, they just become not the focus of your life. Right. So, right. It just, it, it falls, it falls to the side. And sometimes for me, it exposes idols to me Mm. where I go, 
Oh, I see. I've really been focusing on something that is not the least bit important, or and I've made it more important than it deserves to be. Uh, and I, boy, that's kind of, in, I'm going to use the word, invigorating to kind of go, whoa, wow, I don't it's need to worry It's kind of exciting. It is. To, to try and live your life with, this, with that sense that... <laughs> Because our world presses so hard that so many things are super important, including, you know, whether we're talking about media or culture or friends and family. And and it's like it's really hard to keep this perspective of that. I've I've died with Christ. You know, I'm in that process, which it's not a downer because we're going to which we should probably make sure we get back to. of, But we're going to get the resurrection, too. You know, right. there's it's not just I'm dying, but, you know, I'm I'm but I'm doing it because I'm going to resurrect dying to rise and all the joy that comes from there. But it is really hard to have that perspective. Here, I'm going to use an example that is going to sound really shallow, but hopefully it resonates with some people. And that is if you've ever like gone camping or gone someplace where you have no cell coverage. Uh, for us, it was like when our power was out or whatever, right? All of a sudden, you're like, hey, there's some really basic things that are important. And me playing that stupid game on my phone to make sure I get credit for being on, you know, those stupid things that drive us. And I mean stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That, but, but for some reason, we've elevated those to something of importance. It, it steals our time. and it's Or even if we voluntarily say, I'm just going to set my phone aside. I'm not going to check emails or anything. There's a level of discomfort that occurs for a period of time. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this feels so good. It feels so good to not worry about these things. I think about that with like our 24 hours of prayer. It's like, what am I going to pray for for an hour? In the first like five minutes, you're like, ah. And then all of a sudden you're like, thank you, God, for this peace. Thank you, God, yeah. just that I can be here and we can have a real conversation. And for carving this time, dedicating this time to you. I know it's kind of a minor. It, no, it's a good illustration. Yeah, because it's. It's like, well, or another one is like, the, it's the running one that, you know, the first little bit, it's hard, but then you push through and you, what is it, the wall or something like that, they call it. And suddenly you get, you kind of get into a rhythm. I'm a, I'm not a runner. Well, let me, let me tell you what it is. So when, okay, you, go when, for it. when you first start to run or, or, or any aerobic activity, but specifically running, your body goes into a fight versus flight mode. Usually it's in the first two or three minutes where it says, what are you doing? Hmm. And it goes into kind of a, a panic mode. And mm -hmm. you push through that, and all of a sudden your body's like, oh, we're doing this. Okay. And you get into flow. Um, you stay in that for a period of time, and then you get to the point where you do hit a wall where your body is like, I, what am I doing? And it's, it's where you, you shift from carbohydrates as your primary source of energy and into fat. Um, hmm. And that switch, your body goes, where's the easy stuff? Oh, the easy stuff is gone. Now I need to lean into the, 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 the long range stuff. 
But there's some wonderful analogies in there in terms of carbohydrates is living in the moment because it's easy. Yeah. But when yeah. you switch over, when you hit that wall and you switch over, then you're living for what's your long-term goal. I can do this forever because, yeah. you know, I am prepared for this. But it until you hit that point, I mean, there's a moment when you hit that point where you're like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm, I'm, I don't have the capacity to handle this. Yeah. Lean into it. And on the other you know, side. Yeah. And, and, and I wanted to push this cause I had a thought is like, okay, now, but let's talk about this in terms of death. Now, not everybody dies peacefully. Yeah. I've been around enough that it don't, but there are those who get to a moment where they know it's going to happen and they know what's, what's going to live. And they just kind of, let go. Yeah. They, they relax and they just go with it. And that's a little bit similar. If you know where you're going on the other side, you can just go, I don't, all the other stuff doesn't matter. I was thinking about my dad when he finally came to the point where he, he, he resolved to that he's going to pass because he was on hospice, you know, there wasn't a struggle and there was all this other stuff like the Olympics meant nothing to right, him. Right. People meant something. Conversations meant things to him. So priorities massively shifted and then he could just go with it. And I think that's a little bit with, with Christianity in this is because you don't have an option to die, which I want to come back to after you, you, you comment on what I just said. We don't have an option, but go ahead. No, I, uh, I, I really appreciate that because, gosh, there are a lot of things that we as Christians prop up in front of us and say, this is important. This is, you know, and in many ways, I find that it ends up being more of a barrier to the, the Great Commission than it does anything else, where if we die to ourselves and to, then... There's something very inviting about somebody who is incredibly vulnerable in that. And so if you allow yourself to just, yeah, I, I think about, I mean, I'll talk to you after the podcast. And so okay. Nobody will get it except for you and me. So then tell me later. Yeah. But, it's, but the other part of that, I was thinking about this is he said, you must take up your cross. It's not an option an for imperative. Christians, whether or not they die. This is not a, this is not, well, you might do it. No, it he'll kill you, you know? And there's, there's, there's a couple of verses that talk about, you know, I'm thinking about the one in second Corinthians chapter three, where the spirit kills that it, that we need to die. And because you can't be resurrected until you die. And so you, you have to go through the process and it's not, in, it's, it's scary. You know, death is scary. It's scary because you don't know what's there. And so the only thing you can do is hold on to the hand who's taking you through it. And we're trusting that Jesus who's been through this journey before knows what he's doing and will get us through the veil to the other side. And so we got to trust that. But we have to do this. We have to die for our sin with Jesus, so we raise. And I think, gosh, we get so distracted and so, I don't have the words, but we get so focused on the wrong things that we lose track of where comfort is. 
and and I uh, I'm absolutely there as somebody who's distracted. And uh, if you think about Vanessa, and I talk about this sometimes. The when there's distress, when we stop and reflect on all the times that God has provided in miraculous ways, that there's comfort there, that if we, uh, one of my favorite words, luxuriate mm-hmm. <laughs> into, you know, here, I'm going to open up my hand. I've been holding things. I'm just going to do that, you know. Yeah. Just, just that surrender, that letting go. Yeah. Uh, gosh, when you, and that's like sleep, it's, which is often an analogy for, for death, right? But a, little, a little child fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. <laughs> I remember, I think I was seven years old, maybe eight, Christmas. I was so excited for Christmas. I could not sleep. I could not sleep. I could not sleep. And I finally, I'm just like, ah, you know, I'm crying. I'm frustrated. And then I was asleep. You know, we spend so much time yeah. fighting, so much energy that goes into fighting that when we surrender, mm. all of a sudden it's like this was so much easier than it yeah. Uh, than I expected and could have been even easier if yeah. I hadn't fought so hard. And and Hebrews 12 says that Jesus did this for the joy set before him. That on the other side of this, the surrender, this death is 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 joy. It's this delight. It's I like the, the thinking of it in terms of a dance where we're just. Yeah letting we've just let go and we can just go and live our lives with joy and with freedom and and serving people without worrying about ourselves and our own needs because my needs are already taken care of and i can just live dancing is such a great analogy especially if you consider in our you know in in our culture the male leads the female follows but Mm. we're the bride we're the bride and our job is to follow and there's a certain, no, I'm not going to, it's like, I can't submit to the person who's leading the dance because that means I'm weak or something. It's, or you can trust that they have your best interest and, and they will guide you where you need to go. And yeah. uh, maybe it's like when you're teaching your kids how to do something sometimes like how to hit a baseball or something like that. You put your hands on their hands and you're like, let me show you. No, 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 no. Don't fight me here. Don't, don't use, don't let me just show you what yeah, this feels like. Right. Uh, yeah. Once you understand what it feels like, you're like, Oh, but you have to be willing to surrender to that force. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, we're pushing, we're pushing, we're pushing and we gain nothing. We don't, we're not learning anything. We're just falling. Mm. <laughs> we're, we're making it so much more difficult. Oh, it reminds me of this song by Rich Mullins, Hold Me Jesus, where there's this line that says, I'd rather fight you for what I don't really want than to take what I need that you give. We fight for stupid stuff rather than just relaxing and trusting him. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a big deal. It's a, uh, and I, I feel this very personally. I, I don't feel like I'm a person who is trying to control things. Uh, I mean, I think I, I do a pretty good job of understanding what I can control and what I can't control and letting go of those things. But I know I could do a better job of recognizing things that I could let go of that I don't need mm. to control, you know, that like, oh, I think I have the power to influence this or don't. Oh, that's hard for me. I know. I see <laughs> the hard part for me on control is I have such a sense of responsibility. I see what if I if I was a little bit more proactive, if I was a little bit if I did this or that just a little bit more different, then I can make a I can make a difference. I can make it better for this person and I can I, it can be better. See, so I can see I can do it. And it's like not always. That's why it's and great put, to be a parent because you realize <sighs> Uh, the uh, the best thing I can do here is to not control it. That's so hard. Yeah. Or or think about, I mean, think about our role. I mean, we're over time, but whatever. Um, but think about our role in trying to bring people to Christ, especially people that we're close to, that are important to us. And we're pushing and we're pushing and we're pushing and it's going nowhere. You know, that that's a point in the dance where we have to say, God, you're leading the dance yeah. Not me. I'll I'll let you take this and to understand that it's okay to give over that to the spirit. Yeah. And let the spirit take care of that. It doesn't mean we surrender control uh necessarily. It doesn't mean we say we abdicate all of our responsibility to do our our best right. in certain situations. It's just saying that I can do whatever I want and it means nothing what I do. No, right. that's not what we're saying. No. What we're saying is I have done what I believe that I should do and I need to allow the spirit to take care of the rest of this. Right. And that's yeah. what following Jesus is. You do what you can do. You follow after him, you be faithful and that's enough. Yeah. It's enough. Do your best. And best is more than enough. Yeah. And this is a little bit more about what take up your cross and follow me means. <laughs> We're past time. We are. Uh, thank folks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Hey, Jen, nice to see you. Uh, Jen is our only listener this evening. <laughs> oh, other people will listen. Jen will listen at some point. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate uh, appreciate you all uh, taking the time to listen to our conversation this evening. Uh, I will not be there this Sunday, so I hope you guys have an excellent. Uh, there's an excellent message. I will. Uh, I will be accountable, and I will listen to the message despite the fact that I am not there. I promise. Deal. Deal. And you can hold me to that. You can hold me. To okay. That. All right. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, sir. Have a good night, everybody who's listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care.